Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every day, decisions are made across Maine that impact our environment, and Mainers play a crucial role as we speak up for climate action, the clear air, clear water, and open spaces that we all love. Come sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories that you need to know, what lies ahead, and hear what you can do about it. Thanks for listening as we share our view from the front lines. I'm your host, Colin Durant, and I'm here today on the banks of the Androscoggin River in Lewiston's Samard Payne Park for a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act. Uh, it's a beautiful day. NRCM worked with a lot of partners to organize this event, which included former TV personality Bill Green, uh, Governor Janet Mills, uh, many others, including the first whitewater raft uh, guide in Maine, who gave a really rousing, rousing speech. Um, uh, but the really the special guests, the honorees, were the some of the hundred clean water champions that NRCM recently honored for their role in protecting Maine's clean water. So today was really all about clean water its role in Maine, how integral it is to the here and now, how important it is to our future, but even more so, it's really about all those Mainers who make it possible, whether it's their job um, or whether they put in countless volunteer hours. And that was really the genesis of the idea um, for acknowledging Maine's clean water champions. NRCM really wanted to celebrate, amplify that individual dedication to the waters that make Maine, Maine. Um, it's obviously impossible to recognize all of those hundred uh, champions. You can head on over to our website at nrcm.org to, to read them all, to learn a little bit more about them. But what we did for today's episode is sit down with a couple champions on the banks of the Androscoggin and ask them to share their personal uh, journey or their story about clean water. We hope that this gives you a little snapshot into the type of commitment and the passion that all these champions embody. So without further ado, here's what our champions had to say. Um, my name's Nikki Sakara, and I currently live in Freiburg, Maine. Uh, we're considered uh, a global hotspot and also a frontline community um, in the battle against water privatization. You know, Maine has wonderful, clean water resources that um, it's, we feel like it's our job to protect them and there's pending competing interests that come into play where globally, you know, over a third of inhabitants of this planet are going to be lacking access to clean water by 2025. And we have pressure put from multinational corporations to secure that clean water. So we as Mainers who love and rely on these resources for a day-to-day basis, we need to sit, you know, figure out um, where we come into play with all of these competing interests. Uh, I'm grateful to the indigenous people of this land. It was stewarded, uh, our wonderful resources for millennia, and hopefully we can continue on that tradition by you know, protecting what sustains us and what we love, and you know, make sure that you know, all things are local that's important, and so it's our job, I think, on a very local basis um, to protect that. And tell us a little bit, just a little bit about the work that you're doing mm-hmm. 
in Freiburg with your local residents or the work that you've done mm -hmm. to, to protect that clean water that you yeah. talked about? Yeah. I think it's, it's, it, it comes down to accountability. Mm. And while we have water, privateur, pri, water privatizers that are accountable to their shareholders, because it's illegal for them to not increase profits for their shareholders. Mm -hmm. And that really is not congruent to protection of our water for local people. Mm -hmm. And also, so our whole environment and ecosystem relies upon that. Mm -hmm. So water, it forces us to look beyond monetary value because if we're so busy attaching a monetary value to these things, we'd risk losing it. Mm -hmm. And Freiburg's beautiful. Well, everywhere in Maine is beautiful, yeah. but Freiburg's yeah. beautiful. And I, my last question is, do you have like a favorite waterway, a favorite river, stream, pond, lake, wow. or do you like all of them? Um, I like all of all them. All of them but. have unique characteristics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, water tells a story. So with that, each body of water that I've ever, you know, spent time beside or swam in or drank from, it tells its own story. And so I think it's up to us, to all of us, to recognize the story that water carries and to listen, listen closely and deeply because it will tell us, you know, what um, is threatening that waterway and inherently and threatening our livelihoods as well. So um, I don't have a favorite because they're all so different and mm -hmm. have their own characteristics in that regard. Great. Well, thanks yeah. so much. Congrats again. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm Rob Ponto. I, uh, I live in Durham, Maine, but I work for the Brunswick Sewer District. I've been there for 12 years now, 11 years as the assistant general manager, and for the past year I've been the general manager. Um, I'm here today representing a lot of people in the wastewater field, really. I'm, I'm a board member for the Maine Water Utilities Association as well as the Maine Water Environment Association, um, and I do a lot of training sessions for uh, Jet Sea. Um, some other organizations that are involved in the wastewater field. So, you know, I've, I've only been on this side of things for 12 years, but, you know, I have a staff where a lot of my employees have 30 plus years, um, you know, a lot of people in this industry. So it's, it's nice to represent them in those organizations, but I, I definitely want to make sure that, that the, the people that are part of those organizations are, are uh, you know, they're just as deserving as, as I am. So. Yeah, and I think it's the type of work that people take for granted, right? So can you just, like, just like functionally tell us like what why is waste you know why is this field so important to clean water well i mean it's, it's what we do at the wastewater treatment plant is is essentially what nature does only we do it you know 100 times faster it's a it's a real living organism that basically you know brings this brings the sewer in we treat it you, you can't stop people from living right? right like everybody poops right that's what we all talk about like you, you can't if you don't good for you i don't know what you're doing <laughs> But everybody does. We've got to do something with it, right? We can't. We can't dump it in the rivers. We can't just dump it on land somewhere. And um, so, so it is vitally important. You can't have business without some sort of treatment facility. You can't. And you know, we're we're not on the drinking water side, but it, the cleaner we put it back out into mm -hmm. the environment. You know, fortunately in Maine, we, we have plenty of water, yeah. right? So we don't have to treat it to drinking water standards like California and other places. But, but you know, the cleaner we put it into the river, the less work that nature has to do, the better it is for the fish, the better it is for everything in our community. So, um, and it is a very thankless job. My, uh, you know, my staff, it, it, 
it's they're not necessarily playing in it all day. Fortunately, we have a lot of good technology and a lot of good tools and equipment, but you can't be afraid to get dirty. Yeah. There, there are days I've seen them. It's happened to me. You come out, you're just covered and it ain't yours. <laughs> and that, that's a long day, but you know, but fortunately we have showers. Yeah. And we have it's ways to treat it with and clean get, water and with clean water and we're <laughs> able to clean ourselves up and go back to work. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks to you for all that you do and the folks that you talked about do and uh, congrats again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. And thanks for putting this event on today. It was well, yeah. very well done. Cool. Uh, my name is Sergio Caweque. I live in Portland, Maine. And I, for the last five years, I've been working with an organization called Defend Our Health, um, raising awareness and education around the importance of access to safe drinking water. Uh, I think, you know, it was about eight to ten years ago that a lot of people in the U.S. started to learn that access to safe drinking water is not a foreign issue. It's something that is happening uh, in, in this country and that people are like facing on a daily basis. So we started to raise awareness on issues like arsenic contamination, you know, in, mm -hmm. in well water. We know that Maine is one of the states that has a higher rate of well water use. And again, issues like naturally occurring arsenic or man-made chemicals like PFAS can cause a lot of issues, you know, really quickly. So we think that raising awareness and education, but also facilitating access to testing for water and remediation systems so people can like, you know, fix their water if it has any contamination is really important, but also pushing the state to like provide more funding and more resources for people that, you know, cannot afford it because they live paycheck to paycheck and need to know if the water is safe for drinking or not, because we don't want people like having any health impacts in the long term. So. That's kind of my my water story. Yeah, I like it. And g give me a snapshot, like uh, as a as an organizer, as a clean water organizer, like what's a day or a week look like yeah. for you? I mean, it, it depends. It depends on the season and the year and like the, the kind of work we're doing. But uh, is you know reaching out to organizations in communities that are like more rural and that we think people like rely more heavily on well water and you know like organizing community meetings and presentations or you know. In the summer, coming to uh, festivals and farmers market to table and talk to people like face to face about the importance of testing. And sometimes we have money for testing that we you know we can help people get their water tested. And sometimes we kind of uh, help people to reach out to the state and you know like apply to their waiver if they can. So it really depends on like what we're doing and you know kind of helping people apply to the main housing uh, RC abatement program if they need like to fix their water or you know it, it kind of really depends. Uh, but I think organizing testing drives and just going to communities and talking to people is kind of like the bread and butter of, of the work that I do. And the work that you do. Well, great. Congrats yeah, again. Thank you so and, much. Um, thanks to you and all our friends at Defend Our Health. I know you guys are in the Environmental Priorities Coalition with yeah. NRCM. We do a lot of work together. You guys are a powerhouse. Yeah, thank you. So, and especially thanks for all the work on PFAS, the organization totally. is doing, and then you, all your organizing. On thank you so much. So, all right. So Jennifer Jesperson, um, and I live in Mount Vernon, Maine. And um, I guess I got into clean water because I grew up um, with grandparents that lived on Clearwater Lake in Industry, Maine. And so I spent my summer swimming there, and I just knew at a young age that I wanted to have clean water around me. Um, and so that was what I did. I went to school to be a marine biologist. <laughs> but it turns out um, lakes are my thing. So. Um, I spent my early career in Lake Tahoe, one of the cleanest lakes in the world, and uh, clearest lakes in the world, and then eventually came back to Maine for graduate school um, so that I could spend time working and protecting Maine lakes. 
So um, I became a volunteer lake monitor through the, then it was a volunteer lake monitoring program, and now it's Lake Stewards of Maine. And so I've been a certified volunteer monitor for 17 years. Um, and so I also do monitoring professionally. I have my own business, um, and I also was um, on the board of Maine Lakes Society, which is now Maine Lakes, um, for 12 years, um, vice president, president. Now I'm on the advisory board for Maine Lakes. And so spearheading and like watching the progression of um, the Lakes Education Program come during that time where we take kids out on boats um, to teach them about limnology and how to um, protect lakes through measuring through science. And then uh, also um, through the Lake Smart Program, which um, came into being from Maine DEP to Maine Lakes while I was a member of Maine Lakes. That's so, awesome. And yeah. I, um, I mean, I feel like lakes are one of those things that are part of Maine. We talk about clean water as part of Maine's identity, but lakes are definitely, right? Like you go to a friend's camp, you there's tons of lakes to visit, but I, I'm not sure everybody connects that with a pollution threat or the fact that we actually need to work to keep them clean. So can you just talk a little bit about that and like, you know, why this work, uh, maybe like the threat that they face and why this work is so important for, for lakes? Yeah, so the biggest threats for lakes is development yeah. and people not really being educated about how to manage their property to protect lakes. And so that's a big part of Maine Lakes mission is to educate um, and help people to like practice and put into practice lake friendly practices that protect lakes from stormwater runoff. Mm -hmm. Phosphorus is the big one. Yeah. Keep phosphorus, keep dirt out of the lake, um, fertilizers, um, making sure they're maintaining buffers, like buffers, like the last line of defense. It's the last thing that sucks up that stormwater before it gets to the water. So um, helping people understand which plants they should be planting and how to keep the water coming up the roof to get into the ground instead of running off of the ground. Um, and that's, you know, lakes are very threatened, not only climate change, but the development threat is huge. And so it's an ongoing education effort, um, nonstop. <laughs> and, and, and the nice thing about working with people all around the state on lakes is that every time we meet with a new person, it's like a light goes off in their head. They didn't understand it before. They didn't yeah. see the connection between the runoff and the lake. Right. And then all of a sudden now they're like lake stewards and they want to like help. Yeah. And they're like evangelists, right? Yes. They're telling yes. their neighbors yes. and their friends. Yes. That's so awesome. Yeah. So that social marketing piece of Lake Smart is like, I'm a Lake Smart evaluator. I want to help you. I'm Lake Smart. Do you want to be Lake Smart? Yeah, and so yeah. it just sort of spreads that way. All right, so if you like lakes in Maine or you live near one or you go to camp or visit one, check out Lake Smart. Well, thanks yes. so much for all that you're doing. Yeah, it's thank awesome. you. Yeah. So thanks again to all those champions who we heard from. Uh, those were really some great stories. And like I said, I think it gives you a good idea for the sort of broad range of people we were honoring today. I just encourage you to go to nrcm.org again, check out that list of all the 100 champions who uh, were honored. I also want to thank... I'm about to head over and grab uh, Baxter Brewing Special Clean Water Act beer. Try that out. So thank them. And I also want to thank all the sponsors uh, and the people that worked with us on this event. Uh, but most of all, as I do all the time, I want to thank our listeners for listening. If you like what we heard, tell your family, friends about it. Uh, don't forgive us. Uh, for, well, forgive us. Forgive me for whatever I did. But don't forget 
to um, leave that review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast listening apps. Since 1959, NRCM has been tapping into the power of the Maine people, science, and the law to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. To learn more about our work, visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.